the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk Faith.com. A service of the Salem. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You see, Paul's point in Romans 2 is that the reason that circumcision is of value if you obey God's laws because the only benefit of circumcision is to show that it's an outward sign of obedience to God. And if there's no obedience, no desire to cut yourself off from sin and obey God's word, then the symbol is meaningless. It has no meaning. And the same thing holds true for the Gentile who isn't circumcised. If he's already obedient without the outward symbol, then he doesn't need the symbol. He's got the reality in his heart, do you see? The symbol means nothing if there's no obedience. And if there's obedience, you don't need a symbol. In Romans chapter 2, the Apostle Paul was addressing a specific situation in a certain culture. Our times are very different, wouldn't you say? Yet there is a clear application of Paul's writing to our lives in the 21st century, whether we are Jewish or not. We will see how it applies to us as our class continues. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor for over 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse is an extension of Pastor Steve's teaching ministry at Lakeside and is a production of Verse by Verse Ministries. For the past few weeks, we have been engaged in a verse-by-verse study of the first three chapters of Romans. Today, we find ourselves in the middle of a three-part message dealing with chapter 2, verses 25 through 29. In this passage, Paul put into perspective the relative importance of circumcision and obedience. Clearly, God desires obedient hearts more than any particular religious rite. But that doesn't mean that circumcision was not important for first-century Jews. Here is Pastor Steve to explain. Now the question is this, what's the purpose of circumcision? Why does Paul say it really doesn't matter? Obedience, he says, is what matters. Why? If you can't get to heaven by it and it really didn't make any difference, then what was its purpose? And was it even important? And the answer is yes, it was important. Paul doesn't say that it doesn't have value. He just says it doesn't have value if you're not obedient. It has value. What is its value? God called Abraham to be the father of his chosen people. He definitely said, and God meant exactly what he said, that every Jewish male child eight days old must be circumcised. And if you think that God didn't mean that, then you need to turn to Exodus chapter 4. And I'd like everyone to turn there, even if you 
know that God meant what he said, still turn there. Exodus chapter 4, because this illustrates that God definitely thought that this was very, very crucial and important. God really meant it, that every male Jewish child was to be physically circumcised. In Exodus chapter 4, God has just commissioned Moses to go to Pharaoh and to deliver his people, to say, let my people go. And let's pick up the story in verse 19. Now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt, for all the men who are seeking your life, they're dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and mounted them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. Moses also took the staff of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your power, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you will say, you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I said to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But you have refused to let him go. Behold, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Now it came about at the lodging place on the way that the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Now let's stop there for a moment. Doesn't that strike you as strange? God has just called Moses. He's just equipped him. He's sending him out and then he wants to put him to death. What kind of a God is this? What, what is God doing? Why do you call a man, equip him, send him, and then you want to put him to death? Well, you'll find the answers in the next two verses. Verse 25 said, Then Zipporah, and that was his wife, Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and threw it at Moses' feet. And she said, and I might add, she said in disgust, You are indeed a bridegroom of blood to me. She was repulsed by this. She circumcised her son and threw the foreskin at Moses' feet and said, You're a bridegroom of blood. That disgusts me. Verse 26, So he let him alone, meaning God let Moses alone. At that time, she said, You are a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. Now, why was God so concerned about the circumcision of Moses' son? Apparently, for some reason, Moses had not circumcised his son. Um, whether he just neglected it on purpose, whether he forgot, we don't know. But God was dealing with him. God was disciplining him. And we're not told the specifics here, but apparently Moses would have died had God continued. And, and his wife, Zipporah, she performed the rite of circumcision. She threw it at Moses' feet in disgust. And she said, you're a man of blood. You're a bridegroom of blood because of this ritual of circumcision. But the question is, Why? I mean, it was obviously important to God that Moses' son be circumcised or else Moses wouldn't have lived. That's how important it was. The answer is this. If Moses was going to lead the children of Israel, he couldn't be disobedient to the right of circumcision. If Moses, as God's leader, didn't think it was important, neither would the people who followed him. And do you know why the right of circumcision was so important and had to be observed by every male Jew? Not, as the rabbi said, because the surgery secured salvation. Not because what the early church, the Judaizers, said that this was necessary to be saved. No. But why? Because it symbolized, it symbolized obedience. It symbolized faith, and the results of faith are obedience. Let me show you what I mean. The physical cutting of a physical organ merely, now watch this, 
symbolized that God wanted, now listen, to cut away sin from the life of every Jew. If they were part of the covenant, God's people, God wanted obedience. And the cutting away of foreskin simply was to symbolize what God really wanted to do in the heart of every Jewish person, whether male or female. God wanted to cut away at sin. He wanted to purge sin, to cut off sin from an individual. Circumcision spoke of purity, of dedication to the Lord, of commitment to, to obey the Lord God of Israel. And that's why we read of uncircumcised lips. Jeremiah 6, 9, and 10 speaks of uncircumcised ears. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16 speaks of an uncircumcised heart. Jeremiah 4, 3, and 4 speaks of an uncircumcised heart. Jeremiah 9, 24 through 26 speaks of an uncircumcised heart. Let's turn to that passage in Jeremiah chapter 9. Verses 24 through 26. But let him who boasts, boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised and yet uncircumcised. You can be circumcised and yet uncircumcised. What does he mean? Verse 26, Egypt and Judah and Edom and the sons of Ammon and Moab and all those inhabiting the desert who clipped the hair on their temples. For all the nations are uncircumcised and all, listen, the house of Israel are uncircumcised of heart. If you put all the passages together, which we didn't recite and, and quote all of them, what is God calling Israel to do? God is calling Israel to have lips, ears, and a heart cut off from sin and dedicated to him. That is the meaning of circumcision. And the question is, then why did God command that the male reproductive organ be circumcised? Why? Now listen, and I think this is very, very significant. Because it is from that organ that man passes on the sin nature to his children. And God wanted it to be a constant reminder to his covenant people that the true intent of circumcision was to deal with sinful human nature. Not the externals, not the flesh, but the inward change. Man passes on the sin nature. That's why the Lord Jesus, though perfectly human because his mother was human, was also God. And he did not have a sin nature because he had no human father. That's why we die in Adam, not in Eve, because it is man that passes on the sin nature. And so God wanted everyone in Israel to have a constant reminder that the intent of circumcision was not to deal with the flesh, but to deal with sinful human nature. And so God put that mark on their body not to have pride in and not to be proud about, but to humble them and to, to show them what God was really after, and that was a heart of obedience. God wants obedience. Obedience that comes from the heart. Obedience that comes from a life that believes God. And when you believe Him, you obey Him. That's why you need to turn oh, just, just a page or two in Romans, to Romans chapter 4, verse 11. Speaking of Abraham. Well, let's look at verse, verse uh, 9. 
Is this blessing then upon the circumcised or upon the uncircumcised also? This blessing of forgiveness of sins, this blessing of righteousness. For we say faith was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness. When Abraham believed, he was counted righteous before God. How then was it reckoned? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? In other words, when, was, when did God make Abraham right with him? Did his circumcision make him right? Paul's answer is no. Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. Abraham wasn't even circumcised, and God said, Abraham, you're a righteous man. You believed me. You're a man of faith and obedience, and I give you my righteousness. Verse 11, and he received the sign of circumcision. Now watch this. It's a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while uncircumcised. That is critically important. All too often we put the cart in front of the horse. It's such a common mistake to take something that God has designed as a sign or a seal of salvation and try to use that symbol as a means of salvation. It simply cannot be done. We can no more gain salvation by doing the things that symbolize salvation than we can become a doctor by putting the letters MD on our business cards. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Let's take a quick break to introduce ourselves. Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel is our teacher, and we are studying the first three chapters of the Book of Romans. Lakeside is in Clearwater, Florida. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, please feel welcome to join us for worship. We're located midway between U.S. 19 and the beaches at 1893 Sunset Point Road. We see a sequence in the life of Abraham. First, there was saving faith, and then there was circumcision. That sequence holds true today with baptism. Now, let's return to class and see why that is true. If you have your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 2, verse 27. Number of years before Abraham was, was circumcised, God said, You are my man. You have believed, you are obedient, and I will give you that sign. And that sign is also a seal of the righteousness that you have. You see, it is to be a sign and an indication and a constant reminder that what God is after is the faith of Abraham in every Jew. And someone put it this way, they said, look, God doesn't just want in a, in a Jew, he doesn't just want the blood of Abraham running through a Jew's veins. He wants the faith of Abraham running through a Jew's heart. That's what Romans 4 and Romans 2 is really saying. You see, Paul's point in Romans 2 is that the reason that circumcision is of value if you obey God's laws because the only benefit of circumcision is to show that it's an outward sign of obedience to God. And if there's no obedience no desire to cut yourself off from sin and obey God's word, then the symbol is meaningless. It has no meaning. And the same thing holds true for the Gentile who isn't circumcised. If he's already obedient without the outward symbol, then he doesn't need the symbol. He's got the reality in his heart. Do you see? The symbol means nothing if there's no obedience. And if there's obedience, you don't need a symbol. You've learned the lesson well. You don't need the lesson if you've learned the lesson. That's what he's saying. And look at verse 27 of chapter 2. And will he 
not who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you? Who, though having the letter of the law and circumcision, are a transgressor of the law. What's he saying? Paul isn't saying that obedient Gentiles are going to judge disobedient Jews. No, there's only one judge, and that's God through the person of Christ. But what he's saying is that God will judge the disobedient yet circumcised Jew by calling forth as his witness obedient yet uncircumcised Gentiles. In other words, God's going to call forth the Gentiles who obeyed as witnesses to the Jews who didn't obey that obedience was the issue, not circumcision. The Jew is going to say, but look, look, I, I was circumcised. God says, but you didn't obey. And here's a Gentile who was uncircumcised, but he obeyed. He understood the lesson. You didn't. Now, let me illustrate what Paul is saying, and I think it may hit home with an illustration. Last Friday, my wife and I celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Ten years ago, we were married, and we promised to be faithful to each other. And you know what the symbol of that faithfulness was? The symbol of our marriage? It's our wedding rings. If I can get this off, it's this. This wedding ring. It's a symbol. It's an outward symbol. It's of no value if we're unfaithful to each other. It's of no value. Maybe you'll understand when I paraphrase what Paul is saying in Romans this way. Your wedding ring is an honorable thing if you are faithful to your spouse. But if you are an adulterer or an adulteress, your wedding ring is just a piece of metal. You see, that's what he's saying. Circumcision is of value if you're obedient. But if you're not obedient, then it's just a ritual without meaning. Now, what may be going through your mind are thoughts like, who cares? <laughs> what difference does circumcision make today? How is it relevant to me in the 20th century? We're not debating this issue now, aren't we? This truth is more relevant than maybe many of us realize. Because instead of the right of circumcision being the mark of salvation, so-called Christians today think that baptism is, communion is, church membership is, any ritual. Baptism, communion, or the Lord's Supper simply are symbols of an inward reality of Christ in a person's life. They're just symbols, but how many people take those symbols and believe that they're saved by them? You see, when you're baptized, you are outwardly, outwardly demonstrating what has already taken place inside. That you have, at conversion, you have been identified with Jesus Christ in his death and his burial and his resurrection. And the baptism is simply an outward symbol of what's already taken place inwardly. A change of heart. Identification with Christ. The waters of baptism are just symbolic. Now don't misunderstand. If you're a believer and you've never been baptized by immersion, you should be. Because out of obedience to the Lord. But that obedience to the Lord is an expression of true faith. It will not save you. Same thing with communion. Communion or the Lord's Supper is, is just a symbol. It's an important symbol, but it's just a symbol. When we take the bread and the cup as we will tonight, then we are using symbols 
It's not the, the body and, the, and, and the, the blood of Christ. There's symbols. If that's the body and the blood of Christ, believe me, we are all in trouble. They're just symbols to proclaim the Lord's death for our sins and, and it proclaims our faith in him. And we do that until he comes. Just symbolic. It's a memorial. We're to do this in remembrance of him. You see, the symbols of baptism and communion are only of value if you've trusted Christ. Just like circumcision is only of value if you are a believer. But if you haven't trusted him, they're meaningless. You just, you just got water on you. If you don't know Christ and you were baptized, you just took a little, little matzah and some grape juice if you don't know Christ and you took the Lord's Supper. Now, how relevant is this issue? Why do you think parents, some parents, have infants baptized? That's right, in some churches, in some Protestant churches, uh, certainly not all, and, uh, but there are groups of churches, uh, some covenant churches, reformed churches, not all, some Presbyterian churches who do this. The Roman Catholic Church baptizes infants. Why do you think they do that when the Bible, uh, in fact, not only is the Bible silent on that issue, the Bible teaches against it because it's very clear in the scriptures that baptism is for believers. In fact, that's another name we give to it. Believer's baptism. But why? Why do people insist on baptizing infants? I'll tell you why. It's a carryover from the Old Testament days of circumcision. I remember the first time I, I heard that, I... Um, I was visiting a church that baptized infants and they explained a little bit why they why they do that. And I thought that's interesting. The only problem is the Bible doesn't teach that. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that speaks of that. You never see any infant being baptized in Scripture. But why did they do that? Let me quote to you from Dr. Ludwig Ott, O.T.T., in his book, Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma. Now, he is writing from a Catholic perspective. He's a Catholic, a theologian, and this is what he, what he states, and I'll quote from him. He says, the sacraments, and he means baptism, confirmation, the Eucharist, amongst other things also. But the sacraments confer grace immediately. That is without the mediation of fiducial trust. You know what he's saying? What he's saying is that as soon as the sacrament is administered, grace and righteousness are received regardless of whether there's true faith or not. It really doesn't matter if there's faith or not. That child is baptized, it's okay. He also states, baptism confers the grace of justification. He's saying that a child baptized is righteous before God. He also states, baptism affects the remission of all punishments of sin, both the eternal and temporal. End of quote. Many, many Protestant churches do the same thing. They have this idea that, that if the parents are believers and you baptize the children, the children then are, are going to be part of the covenants and they'll be believers and they'll be safe and they'll be okay even if they don't believe they're part of the covenant. Very popular thinking in, in many circles. Now do you see how relevant the principles of Romans chapter 2 are? Rituals, ceremonies, Legalistic observances don't make anyone righteous. The ceremonies and ordinance that God told his people to do were always symbolic. Always symbolic. In fact, if baptism or any other activity on our part could save us, 
then Christ died for nothing. Can you imagine God making such a blunder? (laughs) Neither can I. Well, our time is about up for today, so I hope that you can join us next time for the conclusion of this important message from Romans chapter 2. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside since 1981. These daily Bible classes of the air are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries, a faith ministry made possible through the gifts and prayers of listeners like you. If you would like to hear the entire message at one time, we offer it on CD or cassette tape. To order yours, call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-441-1714. You can find us on the internet at versebyverseradio.org. That's the place to go if you would like to listen again to today's class or any of the others you can find on the archives page. That's versebyverseradio.org. I have a habit that kind of amuses and slightly annoys my wife. I like to wear clothes that are, well, shall we say, well broken in. She says, you have a nice new shirt. Why do you wear that raggedy old thing? Well, my typical reply is that it's just more comfortable. When Christ has offered us free salvation, why do we tend to keep trying to earn eternal life with rituals and religion? I sus- Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.